This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. My, na- my name's Rick Ayrton. Um, I'm a retired dentist who now spends most of his time uh, diving and taking underwater photographs. Um, and I'm here with Gemma and Ian to uh, be on the Big Scuba podcast and talk about wreck diving and also about uh, my book, Expedition Britannic, which has been published fairly recently. Welcome back to the Big Scooper podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you've hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. The Go Dive and Show. Have you heard about it, Jim? I have. Yeah, well, I know you've been uh, just before the first lockdown and uh, this is coming up for my third time. If you are interested and uh, why wouldn't you be, this is the place to go to. Mm -hmm. This is the show to go and see if you are a diver or non-diver. It's open for everybody. You don't have to be a diver to have fun. The Go Dive, let me tell you all about it. The Go Dive and Show is where adventure begins dive into the incredible underwater world at go diving divers of all ages can explore the underwater world at go diving an established dive show in the united kingdom the weekend will include keynote presenters by tv personalities like steve baxel andy torbett and monty halls as well as well-known underwater photographer alex mustard Mm. Each year, the show attracts more than 100 exhibitors from around the world. A must-attend event featuring liverboards and resorts, as well as diving equipment and technologies. The Go Diving Show is a must-see. Whether you're a non-diver looking to experience the underwater world for the first time in the tri-dive, take a freshly minted student looking to learn more from the workshops or a salty sea dog Meeting up with the dive club for a social go diving is for you. So when is it? The well, let me tell you, Jem, it's coming up very soon. So you need to get your tickets. It's on starts March the fourth, runs through from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the sixth of March. Not far away, then. No, no, no so it's not. How do we get tickets? Okay, so you need to go to. There's going to be a link on our show notes. There's uh, if you go to the look up go diving show. If you go to Scuba Dive Magazine, there's links there, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be able to get a link where you can buy your tickets online. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, get them early because you don't want to leave it to the last minute because these tickets do, you know, they do sell out, you know, uh, so get your tickets early, buy them online, it's the cheapest and it's the best way of doing it. Yeah, and I think at the moment there's an offer on £10 for the whole two days, which, which is, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's damn worthwhile going. Uh, I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. You know, you're going to get a chance to meet some of the, you know, uh, some people who've done some awesome things in the diving world. Uh, well, and you know, in even for non-divers, there and and kids as well. There's stuff to. Is there going to be a bucking a bucking? <laughs> say it properly. A bucking shark. How about that? I know a bucking bronco shark. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it's a great place to meet up with fellow divers as well uh, that maybe you haven't seen, and it's a great opportunity after all our lockdowns. Why wouldn't you? Come on, you know, we've had <laughs> lockdown for flip's sake for two years. Now we've got a show. Come on, buy your tickets. Go buy your tickets now. Buy your tickets. Get go to the link. Get your tickets. Get there, and we'll see you there. We're going. We're going to be there. Yeah, you're excited. Aren't we are. You? <laughs> I love it. That's great. It's a great show. Yeah. So. Get your tickets. Go Diving Show, March 4th to the 6th of March. Okay, thank you very much, Rick, for joining us on the Big Scoop podcast. That's really cool of you to come and uh, give us some of your time. Now, I know you've just done a book, and, and that's out there for everybody to buy. And, uh, and that's about the uh, expedition of the Britannic, diving the Brita- uh, Titanic sister ship. Now, you've done some marvellous uh, diving. You've, you've seen some, some of the amazing wrecks that there is out there to go see um you know go back a while 
who who got you involved in diving? You know, you're a dentist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a dentist anymore, but obviously when I took up diving, I was. Um, <laughs> I I um, I I started in the 1980s. My I I started using a horse color ABLJ, oh, wow. um, which I, that didn't last very long, and I fairly swiftly moved on to a, a, a stab jacket, but. I did 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 a did a bit with the basic stuff. Yeah. Um. I I I started diving at a time when things were changing and you know computers were just beginning to come in, and I, I I've actually still still got a skinny dipper. If anyone remembers those, it's a, an American-made uh, computer. The, the 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 main feature about it was that if if you managed to bend it. You could just take the battery out and switch it back on again, and it would reset to to zero. So you you didn't have any worries about um, you know uh, sort of bending the computer and then having to sit out the next dive. You could just switch it off and on again, yeah. and it was fine. So <laughs> I shouldn't say things like that, but uh, it's what people did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. did somebody introduce you to diving or? I was um, always around the water. My parents went sailing a lot and um, I, I, was, I, I did a lot of sailing as well, but um, it, it, I never got passionate about it. Um, and I, I can remember snorkeling off the beach at Sulcombe while they were sailing years ago well, I must have been only you know early teens probably and, and being mesmerized by it and and then um sort of in my 20s in fact I took up diving and um never never looked back really and it, it sort of became my big passion in in my life and it and it is to this day um and I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I, d I don't know at what stage the wreck diving sort of took a hold and and it doesn't all you know I, I don't just do wreck diving mm -hmm. last year I, I did a a, a, a three-week jaunt of primarily scenic diving in okay. around Shetland and, and Orkney and um, and and um, the outliers um, which was was a fantastic trip as just as much as wreck diving but it it doesn't have quite the same um, pull as wreck diving does yeah um, have you always, I, had, always had an eye on history? I, I think that that is partly it, actually. Um, I, I, I think um, history is always history of the of of the the sites you go and dive. So you know, you're, I'm, I'm trying to think what was the first ever wreck dive I did, and I, I think. It was a wreck called Dudley Rose, which is um, out of Torbay. Okay. Um, but um, I and I can't I, I can't remember much about it other than probably being terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I, I remember diving the M2 a sort of fairly early on in my diving career as well, which was which was quite an exciting dive to be doing at the time. Mm. Um, I've, I've since dived that many times um, and, and still will go back to it. it it's one of those things that uh, still intrigues me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, and, and I, th I think knowing a bit more about the history, you know, you're all oft, often in the early days, the skippers would, would have some sort of information about the wrecks you were diving and also the, the sort of, dive Dorset or dive South mm. Devon books that would be full of um, information and fiction, I think, as well, especially yeah, when it yeah. came down to where the wrecks were positioned. Um, but uh, it sort of kindled uh, an interest for me in, in knowing a bit more about the about the wreck dives, diving. Yeah. Mm. And you're, um, you're really into your photography as well. Yes, yeah, I, I, I think everything, um, probably developed once I took up rebreather diving. Um, I, I, so I, I started rebreather diving in 2002, so relatively early adopter of an inspiration. Um, and at the same time, I 
acquired a, a, a video camera, an underwater video camera at the same time and started using that as well. So I was not just learning how to uh, use the rebreather, I was actually learning how to use a camera underwater as well. Multitasking. <laughs> yeah. um, and when it, was it, that, you say? 2002. So that still would have been quite a big camera. I well, it, no, it wasn't actually. It was a, it was a Sony Hi8 camcorder in okay. a Subal housing. And it, it was probably, I'm hold, holding my hands up, sort of about so big. I've actually still got it. inches, couple of foot. Um, no, it was, it was probably about um, it was probably about a foot long yeah. and about sort of six inches square. Okay. Um, so it wasn't too cumbersome, and you know, I, th I think my my current rig is probably more cumbersome than that. Mm -hmm. uh, funnily enough, but um, that's what I started with, and um, I got a lot of use out of that. And the being based near Bristol um the the club that i i was involved with with came into contact with a lot of sort of people in the media on the sort of wildlife side as well as other side and i came 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 into contact with a with a chap called crispin sadler who um was the producer of deep wreck mysteries um and he's he's you've probably more recently he does the drain the oceans which is out there um <clears throat> but so crispin was was looking to do a, a series about shipwrecks and he his first series was deep wreck mysteries and i being bristol based rebreather diver able to go a bit deeper than your average and comfortable with a camera at the same time i I was asked to do some of the photography on Deep Wreck Mysteries. Nice. Um, and so for that, I was loaned a fancy broadcast quality, well, it wouldn't be broadcast quality anymore, but it, <laughs> at the time it was yeah. a Sony Z1 in an Amphibico housing, which was the size of a fridge. Um, and I used to jump in and, and, and take, take footage for, for the, the, the series and I, I was involved I, did, I wasn't involved in all of the shows um he Crispin had a whole range of people and you know you signed up for what you could get leave to do and join um mm. but it but it was a, it was a great experience um and it in in fact it actually spoilt me for video because I had this fantastic bit of kit which in those days was probably 10 grand's worth of kit and there was no way I was going to be able to afford to do anything similar and it, and it dawned on me that when you when you're shooting stills um you know in, in effect a 35 millimeter equivalent in digital um the quality is actually as as good with a much more modest amount of kit as mm. as, as anything else and so i i sort of took the decided to go down this down the stills route and I do still take a little bit of video from time to time now, but um, I primarily take stills. Yeah, we've spoken to a few people who have done the same thing, that they mm. sort of um, were interested in the video and, you know, started going down that route and then kind of backed off and just concentrated on the stills. Yeah, yeah. when I first went into stills, I, I, I was using, I, my first stills underwater camera was, was actually a, a film camera. But that didn't, I, I got that for a real cheap price on eBay. <laughs> it didn't last very long. Um, and I, I got myself a D200 Nikon um, and a secondhand housing for it. And I used that for several years. And it was a really good camera. And it, it was like the first of the really top notch underwater cameras. Um, but it didn't have video. It just took stills. Um, sort of. I don't know the timings of the um, dates of when things change, but the digital SLRs started being able to do video. And it soon became apparent that the video they could take was, was fantastic. In mm. um, you know, to give you an idea, the, the broadcast quality camera that I was using in 2004-05 for Deep Wreck Mysteries, you could probably get better footage now on, on an up-to-date GoPro. Than, than you could on 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 those um, those big cameras. Yeah. And, technology. And the, the technology has just is out of this world now. And and so if you if you get top of the range 
Canon, Sony, Nikon now, which takes video, you, you can get some exceptional footage underwater, mm. um, yeah. stills and video. Yeah, no, that sounds really good. So yeah. how many, do you still log your dives? Um, I, I don't write a logbook as such, but what I do do is I use my photo library as my logbook, because yeah. in, in effect, every um, photograph is time and date stamped. And, and so my, my, my photographic library has the, the, the date, the wreck, or the, the dive site or whatever. Yeah. And obviously everything is timed as well. And then you can actually link that with my Shearwater um, logbook that comes on the, um, on the dive computer. Yeah. So if I need to know anything about a dive, I can cross-reference and I, get, I, you know, I, 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 th I think the only time I don't take a camera is if I've been instructed by the powers that be at home to collect scallops. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah. Um, which I do a couple of times a year, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's really good, yeah. So in terms of your diving, have you been all around the world? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I've been all around the world, no. I, I, the majority of my diving has been UK based. Oh, that's and then, good. Yeah. And, and then I've, you know, when, 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 I, when I tell people that, you know, I've, I've been, oh, you know, Egypt, Norway, Malta, south of France, Truck Lagoon and places, they say, well, you've been over everywhere, but I haven't really. That's been over my whole diving career. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've, I've been, I know, I know people who've been to Egypt sort of dozens of times. I, I've probably been five or six times to Egypt um, over the course of my diving career. So, um, yeah, I've, 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 I'm primarily UK based. Yeah. And, and I, the more I do of UK diving, the better I think it is. And when you can sort of go a bit further and a bit deeper, you really do find some absolutely exquisite wrecks that uh, nobody else sees and yeah. um, have some fantastic history involved with them as well. Yeah. <clears throat> we do have a lot around the UK. There's absolutely, so yeah, yeah. And you know, there, there are wrecks that are still being di discovered, um, wrecks that, that are um, <clears throat> being still being investigated. I'll, this last year, I was involved in um, trying to absolutely confirm the identity of two different U-boats. One mm. of them we, we managed to identify by scrubbing the propeller and getting the, the numbers and markings off it, and then cross-referencing -re that with the German archives. And you wow. could wor work out, because there was a choice of about three that it could be. And by using those information, we could actually pin it down to a particular one. Yeah, there's quite um, a lot of them still haven't been. Yeah, changed, yeah, and there? yeah. And there was another one we um, <clears throat> we dived, which um, we were hoping it was going to be a Second World War U-boat, but it was actually a First World War U-boat. Okay. Um, but we still haven't nailed down precisely which one it is. We scrubbed the one of the props was completely buried, and the other one was very difficult to get to. And the side you could scrub had no markings on it. So it would, obviously the underside needed scrubbing, but then it would be difficult to How see. How do you go about um, finding something like a U-boat or a wreck of some description that maybe there's a rumour, there's something yeah, here in yeah, this part yeah. of the sea? How do you yeah. then take that forward to well, actually find it? Yeah, the, the, for instance, the, the, the wreck that... Um, we identified this last year. Um, it was known there was a U-boat wreck there. It had been dived um, before, you know, Innes McCartney had, had done a report about it, suggesting it was one of three boats. Um, and it, it, our, our sort of um, job was actually to try and pin down which one of those three it actually was, rather than identifying it from scratch. And the other one, we knew there was a, a, a likely U-boat wreck in place, um, but we didn't know which one. And then 
you know, in fact, just before Christmas, I went out on a on a, a search and discovery dive, if you like, um, trying to find a wreck um, that there was whispers that was one about. And I actually went down and doesn't happen very often, but it was a good old HMS seabed and there was nothing to nothing to be found. Um, it does happen like that some, sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I my my thing is the taking the photographs. Um, I like I, I, I like the history, but I don't go deep into the history in terms of trying to locate the wrecks. Um, I'm in a dive team that's become affectionately known as the Gasparados, um, who are based in the southwest. And there are several of those members are the people who go out to um, go up to queue um, for the National Archives and, and troll through things, spend days up there looking at stuff and, and looking at hydrographic re reports uh, and trying to work out where we should go and search for, for wrecks. I, I'm, I'm, at the moment, I don't do that. I, Perhaps, uh, perhaps I will in the future if I, if I, you know, I'm, as you can probably gather, I'm, I'm getting towards the tail end of my sort of deep diving career. Um, I don't know how many more years I'll be able to carry on doing it, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep going as long as you can. I'll keep going as long as I can, yeah. Yeah, so in terms of the book, um, Expedition Britannic, yeah. how did that come about? Well, it, I, it, it, as with a lot of things, it, it, it was probably a, a lockdown book. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd, I'd written an article for Scuba magazine. Um, and I don't know if you know Simon Rogerson, the, yes. the editor. Yeah. He, he after he'd done it, he said, oh, this is really good. Uh, but one or two people said, why couldn't there have been more information about, about it, um, about the wreck, about everything? And people want to know more. You know, unfortunately, I'd been given 1500 words and there was a limit to how much information you could put put yeah. it put down in that. But it sort of got me thinking. And um, when lockdown came came along, that, that first one in in 2020, I, I was trying to find things to keep myself occupied. And I, I, I actually thought, well, do you know, what? I'll 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 write a book about this. And I'll, I'll I, I first of all started down the self-publishing route using one of the online facilities where you could write the book and put the photographs in and so on and um i you know i spent a, quite a long time putting it all together and i sh i showed it to one or two people for their information and um i have to say probably as um a chap called james neil who is um he's based out of chepstow with in-depth diving i think it is and um, he, he used to be in the publishing business and he said to me, oh, you, you know, this, you must get this published. You must, you know, either yourself publish it or find somebody to publish it, but you must mm -hmm. get it seen more widely because it is really worthy of, of being seen. Um, and if you can't get um, a publisher interested, I'll help you self-publish. Um, and so I'd, I'd actually sent the parts of the script out to their various publishers and um, didn't hear anything. But then in January, um, Alex Gibson of Dived Up Publications approached me and said they'd be interested in taking it forward, which, uh, which, which was great. I'd actually already started down the self-publishing route with, with James Neal, but um, we decided we hadn't gone too far down there and it, it it just makes so much more sense to have a a publisher on your side yeah. um, to, to to sort of do do all the all the difficult stuff they they're doing it regularly they know what to do so so i i, I went with um dived up and you know they they had a good track record with the thistledorn book and yeah. um the the um wilds and temperate seas they did well, as well, well, that yeah. was the one i was going to say as well yeah, yeah. so it, it, I, I felt it was um it was nice to be involved with them and they were excited to take it forward and uh, spent most, most, you know, a lot of last year assembling all the bits and pieces. Alex would keep coming to me. Oh, can you just white balance these pictures for the, uh, for, the, for, the, for the book or can you just 
add a bit more text here or there, or um, I, I've made this change, is this okay? And, and we have to go through the book piece by piece and get it ready for publication. Yeah. Yeah. Such a lengthy job to do. It, must it, be. it is, a, you know, it, when you've never done it before, you don't, you mm. don't realise quite how, how difficult it is. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable experience, nevertheless. And it, it was great to see the whole thing come together. And then actually have the thing in my hands and yeah. that was fantastic yeah yeah, yeah well, a great achievement and uh yeah i'm sure a lot of our listeners will be and that is a lovely looking book isn't it you know some really yeah. nice yeah. um yeah. you know the quality <clears throat> of the photos uh are absolutely brilliant you know yeah. one of them there's a really great picture i was looking at um and that's on the side of the botanic and you yeah. can see the detail and the front yeah. of the bridge yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah to get that detail is amazing mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, it was it was an amazing expedition to be part of. It, it was one of those expeditions that um, everything aligned. You know, all the moons, planets, and stars all aligned, and every and the everything visibility worked. really clear. It, it was it was it was fantastic visibility. We had fantastic conditions. Um, we we never lost a day to the weather. Um, mm -hmm. we, we're incredibly lucky, uh, and you know, I, I heard of uh, other expeditions where that you you know we went out for two weeks and i'd heard of similar expeditions and they would only get two dives on the wreck yeah. uh, and and in fact i've since then i've known there's been what one expedition that only got one dive on the wreck um and if i'd been limited to one dives with the photography I, I would have never been able to have written yeah. book. and it was only because we were able to do so much diving that had a, such a uh, a sort of um, catalogue of, of different images from different parts of the wreck that um, made it made it possible really. Yeah, and such yeah. a long way down as well. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> it's about it, 20 meters, isn't it? it? It's actually just shy of that. It's about 116 to the seabed. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could find a hole to find 120. <laughs> get get the sheer water down <laughs> yeah, on that yes. bed again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somehow you don't feel that. It's not that important once you're there to get no, in. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how many times did you actually dive the wreck? Um, I, I think it, I think we did five dives on it. Yeah. Um, it's very lucky. Yeah. 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 It may have been more. I, I, I'm going to check my. What about Jack Cousteau though? He made it. He did that on air. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. So no, we were certainly very lucky. Yeah, we, we do. So we had the five dives on and we had two dives on the uh, Burdigala, which is the other wreck, but it's close to Britannic and um, it's probably a more pristine wreck than okay. Britannic. It's bolt upright and um, the seabed is six, 70 metres, but the deck is at about just over 50 metres. So it's, right. it's, a, it's another it's a li another liner. And it and and parts of it stand twenty odd meters proud of the seabed, and it's just phenomenal. It's all there, and it still has two bells on it, no which way. you can go and look at on your dives. So um, yeah, amazing. That's good that the, the bells are still there. Yes, they, you know the 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 Greeks are um, really keen to keep everything in its place, and. You know they won't allow the, the 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 bells to be removed from from the wreck, and if if you've read my, my Britannic book, you you might see right at the end on our final dive, we think we found the bell off the Britannic, um, and the at the time that you know I, we we contacted the Royal Navy because obviously it, it was a, a it was a, had naval connections at the yeah. time. But ultimately, the Greek authorities want the bell left where it is, for, certainly for the time being. Right. It, it, it might well be different if if the wreck starts to collapse, or you know, there's chance of it all being buried under under tons of uh, of scrap metal. But mm. at the moment, it's all it's all pretty pretty pristine. And uh, yeah, it, the Britannic is remarkably well um, preserved. You know, if you if you think about a lot of First World War wrecks, they're all collapsing and disintegrating, but the Britannic isn't. It's um, it's uh, still, you know, all there and it, it it's intact. It's staying in one piece. Yeah. Mm, great to hear. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. So what plans have you got for the future? <laughs> um, I, I, I've, th this year, I, 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 you know, you, you're going to laugh at this, but uh, next week, COVID permitting, I'm going to the Maldives oh, wow. uh, for, nice. for scenic diving and taking pictures of critters, which I never <laughs> normally do. But, um, I'm, I'm quite excited is that it'll be the first time I've been on a plane for over two years if we get there. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've, so I'm just at that time where I really don't want to get COVID now because that'll completely wipe it out. Um, but I know I have to have I have to have the PCR test yes. 48 hours before I get there. So this time next week, I'll be I'll be going for a test. Um, and I'm, I'm just hoping that everything falls into place. And it's well, all okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. But I, I, I've I've never seen or taken photographs of mantas. And that's what I'm hoping for. Oh, so, wow. That'd so, be brilliant experience. Yeah, that'll be nice, wouldn't it? Bit of a bit of a change from scrap metal, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's still nice. I you know, I, I love being underwater and and I I so, although although I very much enjoy wreck diving more than anything else, I still enjoy seeing the wildlife underwater as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're in their environment, aren't you? Yeah. And that's really good, you know, just to see these yeah. animals and to be still excited by them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's that's really good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I think if the, if the mantis were swimming over a, a really good wreck, I'd probably be <laughs> looking at the wreck first and then briefly glance up at the mantis. <laughs> oh, well, we'll look forward to hearing about your experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll get there. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, I was really, yeah. So um, the book is out for general release, is it? People can buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can buy it direct from the publisher, Dive Duck Publications, and you can get it on Amazon and, and Waterstones and places like that. Um, I think it's discounted a little bit at the moment now, now mm. that it's passed its first bid. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like everyone should go to Amazon and go buy a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's really good. So um, we obviously ask our guests set questions as well. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, one yeah. of them, the first one, if you could take three people diving, they yeah. don't have to be divers. <laughs> just for you, like introducing them to the underwater world, and yeah. they can be past present. Who would you take and why? Yeah, I, I gave this quite a bit of thought, and the first person that came into my mind was Cousteau, um, and that's I partly because I'd be able to have his signature in my logbook, which would be just fantastic, even though I only have a sort of virtual logbook. Um, but the other thing would be to share the amazing technology that we now have available that was not available to him. Mm. And to know that I have dived one of the wrecks that he dived for the very first time, which is of course Britannic. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, if, if you ever, want to see what they got up to if you go onto youtube you can you can search for Cousteau and britannic and you can see that the episode of him diving britannic and it is just absolutely phenomenal what they got up to yeah. um you know on they, air. Oh, no they they were using trimix and everything but um yeah but they were they were doing ridiculously short bottom times you know probably 10 right. minutes tops and taking hours to get out they they yeah. actually had um, uh, decompression chambers on the ship so th they do that old trick of doing the dive and then coming up getting ah. out and jumping into a chamber um, <laughs> yeah it's scary but um that, uh, uh, incredible and so he'd be my number one um and i i think my my, my second one um would be an eminent prehistorian um and i've chosen neil mcgregor the director of the British Museum and the, the, the chap who was behind the history of the world in a hundred objects. And I'd just be able to love to be able to show someone like that, the amazing heritage and, and unspoilt historical snapshots that you get on shipwrecks. Mm. Um, and I, I think they'd be absolutely blown away. I, I know, you know, I, I've, I've not been able to dive many absolutely virgin shipwrecks but I have dived some. And when you do see one that is has never been seen before, 
it is absolutely phenomenal um, absolutely phenomenal so that would be my number two and then number three has to be my grandchildren <laughs> they're all quite young at the moment and I'd love to be able to take them diving and show them what excites me about being underwater and perhaps something will rub off on them to make them take it up at some stage in the future. <laughs> well, hopefully Brilliant. the stories, yeah, they yeah, grandpa can yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just ask you, actually, yeah. uh, talk, when you see, haven't seen a wreck that you know no one's ever been there mm. before, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. What, when you're diving there, what are you, what's going through your head? What's, you know, is your heart <clears> racing? What's, what's going on? You know, um, are you nervous? No, I, I, because because you you don't necessarily know that it's not going to be, you know, for all you know, <laughs> and I, I can tell you an amusing story as well. I I I was. Um, we like stories. <laughs> I was I, you might have heard of Chris Lowe, Atlantic diving in Newquay, um, who I have done a lot of diving with over the years, and he he'd. I'd, I'd, I'd booked a trip with him some years ago now and he phoned me I, I you know how you do is you phone up beforehand to sort of check everything's on and so on and he said oh I've, I've got this new mark I've I've um from a survey that's been done and I've, I've been over the site and it looks 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 like a wreck it, I'm sure it's going to be absolutely fine uh and let's go and do it it sounds fantastic and so we we have this possibility of, of diving a new mark never been dived before and we got out on site and sure enough he ran over the mark and on the sander it came up looked like looked like a wreck um we all piled into the water and got down to this fantastic little reef that was sticking out <laughs> of the seabed and so, so it was it was quite a nice reef it probably stood stood a couple of meters proud and went you know 30 or 40 meters <laughs> in each direction so one of one of the one of the team down there managed to find a, a loose boulder and right. he put it in a bag stuck a lifting bag on it and sent it up <laughs> to, to let the skipper know what we'd found um which caused a lot of amusement as, as you can imagine but uh, so it's not always that you're going to find something but you might find something that's got a bit of interest which yeah. would be yeah. on that occasion but when, when so when you jump what when you're jumping in on what could be a new a new wreck you don't know whether it's that that you're going to find it it I, I remember doing another one again another one with Chris which was part of the deep wreck mysteries series when we were trying to find a wreck called the Armenian and we went in and we found an, an upside a large upside down wreck um, with two propellers at the stern but you could not see anything else because the whole hull was upside down, right down to the seabed. And so we spent a long time looking around this wreck, but all we saw was the hull and two mm. propellers. Um, so you can be faced with that sometimes. But more recently, I, I was involved with, with a wreck called the Chasseur Number no. 7, which um, was a wreck, um, and I, I can talk about it now. Um, that, that was um, involved in an action in the Second World War um, and it was found and we, we went, I, I wasn't the very first on it, but I was the, probably the second team to dive it. And we, everything was there. There was, um, the whole thing was smashed to pieces, um, but there was the, the helm, the telegraph, there was the ship's wheel Oh, wow. um, it was a bit broke, you know, but you could see there was this wooden ring and the ship's wheel that was there. There was a rack of depth charges at the stern and on the rack of depth charges was a binoculars case. No. Um, and, you know, it, it's seeing things like that, that, mm. you know, it really makes you, you realise there is a human element. Yes, we have there. And there, there were a lot of casualties on, on, on that, on that mm. particular um yeah. do you um do you ever get asked to look for aircraft because uh i follow a few of the old bomber command groups yeah and often there's families mm. um 
right on there and they're trying to track yeah. you know uh where the yeah. parents yeah. and who, yeah, who no, I, disappeared I, yeah i I've, I've not actually um done any searching in uh, here for 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 old aircraft um it's i i think the problem with aircraft especially in uk waters with with the the tides and everything and the fact they're made of aluminium yeah, mainly the, the aluminium disintegrates ultimately and 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 it sort of corrodes away to, to nothing and if, and if it's if it's then subjected to storm surges and and so on mm. very little gets yeah. left of yeah. them you know i i know that they do from from time to find time find them and i i, I think on the east coast there've been some discoveries of, of of wrecked planes that have gone down in sort of muddy areas yeah. where they've sort of sunk into the into the mud and 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 they have been found but yeah no i i've not been involved yeah. in anything like that. Yeah. it would be fantastic to be involved yeah there's in. an interesting story about two um about a raid to berlin and on the way back um out of the six planes two disappeared mm. and they believe they went in the the sea uh, just off holland so yeah. uh, i thought that was fair yeah yeah but you're right they must have uh, yeah disintegrate over time yeah. so yeah that's cool okay we've got another question for you okay yeah. Um, yeah. now you've got a billboard we give you a billboard <laughs> yes. and you can put something on there okay uh, yeah it can be a picture photo a statement an image one of your photos whatever yeah. you'd like yeah but as a yeah. message going out to the world, what are you going to put on? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, again, I've thought about that and coming into contact with shipwrecks. Um, I'd I, I put uh, some images of shipwrecks, um, but alongside them, I'd put a list of casualties taken from maritime armed conflicts and put that as a remembrance that war is ultimately futile and ends up causing a lot of people countless mm -hmm. grief. Um, and I, I, th I think that's what I, I, I'd put up there. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, this last year, um, I dived Lusitania, yeah. which um, I have to say is a scale of one to 10 on difficulty of diving is, if Britannic is at five, Lusitania is at nine and a half. Wow. It's it's a far more serious dive than Britannic, um, despite it being a little bit shallower. Um, but anyway, the, what, what's what's amazing about Lusitania is is all the heritage that goes with that. Yeah. And um, th there's an amazing museum at, Kins at the old head of Kinsale um, to Lusitania, and and there's a, there's a list of all the eleven hundred and odd people who were who were killed um, yeah. during the sinking of Lusitania and you know it, it just brings home what you know the futility the loss of life that that goes along with armed conflict and and how we really don't want to go there again if no, we can help no and so many innocent people get caught up absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's a stark reminder isn't it it is yeah. it is yeah yeah, and especially as you know, it's below the surface, it's unseen. Yeah, it, it's, and, it, yeah. yeah it's even more in, yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, great. So our third question. Um, you're our first guest to get this question. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Um, so what's the most important lesson or nugget of life you've learned through your journey so far? My diving journey. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. A, a friend of mine gave me this little nugget, which I think holds true for every diver out there at whatever level they are at, um, you know, whether they're, you know, on their second or third open water dive or whether they've got thousands under their belt. And that is that you're only ever as good as your last dive. Yeah. And too many people um, forget forget that and they're not aware of their limitations they get into trouble because mm. they're not prepared properly um, and I always like to try to think at that moment before I'm about to jump in the water wherever it might be and it might be 
on a deep trimix dive or it might be to jump in in you know 15 to 20 meters um is everything how it should be is it all working is is my head around what i'm about to do are the conditions correct for me to to do it yeah. um and i think the other thing is always be prepared to listen to those concerns and if it's not right you can always step back you can always dive another day that's true yeah very true yeah yeah it brings it right back to buddy checks doesn't it and just, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it does and and you know buddy checks are a strange thing in the technical diving community because often people go about getting ready for technical dives without their buddies around and and you're taught to be self-sufficient um but you if you're diving in that environment you need an on board buddy on your shoulder looking over over your shoulder to make sure make sure you're doing it okay um but i i think um whereas i used to do a lot of in effect solo diving mm. when i when i was doing my deep diving i think it's changing a bit more now and i think we're, we're getting more into realizing that the buddy system is the way to do it yeah. it, it if, if only to to discuss the the scrapes and and fun you get into when you're underwater with somebody down the pub <laughs> true though or uh checklists using yeah, a checklist yeah check checklists are really important you know if if you if you think the biggest example of what checklists can do for you is, is when you look at aircraft um mm. And, and how, you know, in years gone by, there used to be aircraft casualties all the time. And they brought, started bringing in checklists that yeah. people had to run through and it just completely revolutionized it. And so um, it's, it's really important to, to have your checklists. And uh, I, I go by that wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> and go through them before you even get off the boat. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, good, good advice. And uh, yeah, and likewise, it applies to new divers and yeah, those yeah. experienced divers as well, which yeah. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, super stuff. Mm, that's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to find out more about you, um, have you got yeah. Um, yeah. Any social media links? And <laughs> I, I've got some social media links. Um, I... I've got a website, but I'm, I, it's not very up to date, I'm afraid. I... I, I, st I used to do I, a few blog posts on it and I'm also an ambassador for O3 dry suits and mm -hmm. so you can actually get more information for me on on their website <laughs> on their ambassador stuff than than on my own um, and I ought I ought to um, put some more stuff up there but uh, I I'll get round to it <laughs> I, my 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 Instagram I, I try and put um some some diving pictures up from time to time yeah. um but, but you might might also get caught up with my my son's uh hip-hop band as well so <laughs> you've got to be prepared for that <laughs> well so life's variety so that's, that's all good yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we'll put the links into the show notes and then people can Brilliant. click on those and then yeah. find and then a link to your book as well so yeah. hopefully Fantastic. they'll have make a few more sales there and uh, <laughs> people's interest in the yeah. expedition yeah. Yeah. yeah and i i'm next monday i'm i'm going down to plymouth to give, give a talk to uh plymouth sound bezac club oh, wow. which um which i'm looking forward to doing and I'm, I'm happy to give talks to other clubs around the country if anyone wants yeah oh that's really good to hear yeah we follow them on uh social media and uh their visibility you know all around the year it's just awesome it's, amazing. It, it's brilliant down down there yeah. It, yeah, i have to say it's not always you, no, can, I guess you not. can get some 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 bad ones I, I i particularly remember doing a dive um i i can't remember how long ago now probably five or six years ago down there we were diving a wreck called the silver laurel and it was perfect conditions it was it was sort of early summer bright sunshine flat calm and um, the water was that blue clear color and we jumped yeah. in and first 20 meters it was like gin and then you hit the murky layer and it was like that all the way down to the <laughs> to the wreck 
and you could see about a meter and a half and it was full of that sort of um frog spawn like like plankton and nice. <laughs> it was horrible but for me as a photographer it, it was there was one thing that was just fantastic i arrived at the, the wreck and there was it was a, a field of um gorgonian fan, fan corals which were great but in amongst them were, were just like loads and loads of dogfish all uh -huh. just across one another and just lying there so i i i just moved away from the shot line to this field of um, gorgonians and took pictures of dogfish and <laughs> did my dive and went up everyone else had sort of gone down and swam around for a couple of minutes and then got back gone back up but I, I actually did a long dive taking pictures of dogfish yeah. well it's just yeah it's like finding the yeah you find yeah, it's magic you, you find what's interesting even if the, the visit is poor yeah yeah no it's been really really good to hear about your experiences yeah yeah, yeah. thanks thanks for having me anyway yeah, yeah and no, great enthusiasm yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's brilliant no thank you very much for coming on and that's joining okay. us yeah be a really good listen for our listeners and uh right. you know and uh, as jim said you know people should go and buy the book uh you know the, the details great and so are the pictures it's just amazing so uh, on that alone you know, <laughs> uh, definitely so it's amazing so and thanks for sharing that with us that's okay yep yeah. okay now that does wrap up today's episode of the big scuba podcast but if you want to hear more from the podcast make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on that way you will never miss an episode from us but if you are listening on apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review it really does help us if you do Please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scooper Bat Phone, and the number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four. We will always respond promptly, and thank you once again for downloading this episode. <laughs>